Jackson, family of God and of Christ, and it's a pleasure to greet you. Thank you, Pastor Doug, and wonderful worship. I really enjoyed that, and I'm grateful to be here today. It's a good place to be in church, first of all, worshiping Jesus. And it's a great place to be in paradise called Florida. Don't you agree? No, I love Florida. Now, depending which part of Florida I'm on on any given Sunday, there's a lot of variety. You know, last week I was in the Keys, and that's part of paradise as well. And in fact, my, one of my daughters loves it so much, she's marrying the pastor's son in a few months from Big Pine Key. So I think I'll be visiting Big Pine Key a few times in the next few years. But, um, you know, no matter where we're at, what I want to remind you today as we gather here and bring you greetings from all over the Florida Baptist family, 3,000 churches in a lot of different places and a lot of different settings, but under one name, which is the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're praising today, and that's what we're just glorifying God, and that's why God has brought 21 million people, according to last census. I'm not sure what 2020 is going to tell us in that census, but either way, there's one reason we're here, and that's so that people can come to know Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to kind of highlight today. And for your life, before I get into Joshua chapter 1, the text, I want to just encourage you in your personal life as a church family, God is always faithful. God is always faithful. And we can just let go and trust God because he has taken care of it all on that cross. <laughs> I mean, our, our biggest problem of eternity and sin, he's, he's solved that. And if he's solved that, he can take care of anything else. You know, I don't know where I'd be on a day like today if it wasn't for God's faithfulness. I know I wouldn't be here, but at some moment, his grace reached my life. I know at some moment, it was Southern Baptist missionaries who uh, were starting a church plant. People ask me, where are you from, Emmanuel? Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends. If you want the long story or you want the short story. Short story is New York City. Any New Yorkers out here? All righty. Not in most parts of Florida, that doesn't go over well, except, you know, you know, during certain times of the year. But New York City, born of parents, mom was from Canary Islands, dad was from Cuba, and somebody invited them when they were 20 years old to a church. Come hear about Jesus. They're going to talk about him tonight. My dad had never stepped in a church in his life. And he said, why is my friend Jesus, a very common Spanish name, Jesus, why is my friend Jesus going to be talked about in there tonight? I want to go see what, what he's doing. Well, he didn't know the friend was Jesus. He thought his, the friend was his neighborhood friend, Jesus. Well, guess what? He met the real Jesus that night. <laughs> Praise God. And that changed his life forever. <laughs> and so by God's grace, not just their life, our family's life, totally lost, separated from God. Here I am, born in New York City, raised in the South. Miami is the South, right? All right, way, way South. All right, way South. Depending on what perspective you look at it from. And God does his work of grace in our lives and had the privilege of pastoring in that city and working all over Florida. Uh, did a few years in Texas, and Texas grows on you, right? Yeah, Texas grows on you. And then my wife, that, that's a whole other continent. That's a whole other part of the world. Welsh immigrants and Swiss-German immigrants to Argentina, churches that went trying to share the gospel and kind of establish their place. And six generations later, they can all say they have people serving the Lord in their family kind of heritage throughout these decades. God is faithful is what I want to remind you today. I've got a life verse, which is Proverbs 19:21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but God's purposes will prevail. So as you look around life, as you look behind, you say, thank you, God, but you, you, know, you don't get stuck on just looking behind. I'm, I'm beyond raising the teenage kids. I mean, that was a fun stage, but thank God. We're beyond that, all right? Thank God. And part of that is driving. 
You know, you teach them and, hey, pay attention. Don't get distracted. Here are these rearview mirrors. They're, you know, you kind of pay attention. Don't look too much in that, in that little rearview mirror to check out how your hair or your face is doing or anything else. Look ahead. And we've got this windshield that teaches us to look ahead through God's promises. Appreciate the past, but look ahead. And so many are the plans in your heart and in mine, but God's purpose will prevail. He will be faithful. He will be faithful. Don't ever get stuck on people, past, circumstances, problems, uh, our own emotions. We look up and say, God, thank you that you've thought this out much longer than I could have ever thought it through. (laughs) And so I just encourage you with that today. Joshua chapter 1 is where I want to preach out of today. And the title is, How to Possess My God-Given Destiny. How to Possess My God-Given Destiny. And and I want to clarify for you, there is no other destiny other than Jesus Christ. There's nothing else out there that we're going to just happen to come across and changes our life. (laughs) I mean, he entered this world to show us what life was really about. He entered this world and was sent by God to remind us that this is really a very short trip on this planet Earth, and really he wants to prepare us for eternity. And in that context, he's been laying out a story across what we know as the Bible, a biblical history of, of course, man's creation by God, and, and then the fall of man by sin, and all the way through how God redeems and God, and God works. And I want to take you to Joshua chapter 1, because really it's one of my, my, my theme books and, and chapters in life. And as I look at the life of Joshua, I think many of us can relate at any given moment. Never doubt what God can do through a group of people who are committed to his purposes and his word. Never be afraid to say, God, where do you want to take us next? Because in that, yes, there's a, there's a faith journey. In that, yes, there's, there's the unknown. But we do have a God that knows the unknown, right? We do have a God who's kind of been through this before, life. And Jesus Christ who came to this world. That's where Joshua as an Old Testament kind of figure of a leader, a spiritual leader, and by the way, whose name in Hebrew, now when translated, is Joshua. And so that's where this model of a human leader later becomes Jesus Christ eventually who leads us into God's promises. Let me read with you Joshua chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, I just really want to read the whole text and then just kind of break through or or, or hit a couple points. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, this is Joshua chapter 1, where I'm reading out of, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not forsake you nor leave you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go and 
possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. And verse 16 is how the people responded. So they answered Joshua saying, all that you commanded us we will do and wherever you send us we will go. Lord, may you take this word and just, uh, as it is, inspired word of God, breathe it into our very souls, our hearts, our minds, and through Jesus Christ, just make it real as we follow you. In his name we pray, amen. It's an interesting predicament Joshua finds himself in. Here's a Joshua who 40 years earlier as a young man had dreams. Here's a Joshua who 40 years earlier had heard stories of faith, right? 400 years ago, this is what happened to Israel and to your forefathers. But all he knew and all kind of people around him knew was we're stuck. We're in slavery. We're in Egypt. And yes, we know and we talk about a God, but we quite haven't seen him work through in 400 years in the ways our forefathers told us. <laughs> but here's a young and naive and faith-filled Joshua. And here's a young man, young adult, who hears the stories and somehow God is at work in his heart. And wouldn't you know it, God shows up. And wouldn't you know it, in God's timing and God's ways and God's plans, he opens that Red Sea, of course, uses Moses' his servant, carries them across in miracles, sustains them for 40 years, even in the midst of their disobedience, and brings them to this point, the promised land. What they've heard about, what they've longed for, what they desire, there it is within reach. And you say, they made it. This is great. Now, here's Joshua 40 years later sitting on this side of the Jordan, discouraged, defeated, wondering what in the world's name is going to happen next. Because that same Joshua who 40 years earlier was full of faith and just ready to go at it and ready to conquer, something kind of broke in his life at this point. After the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead, Joshua. It's almost, like, it's almost like God saying, hey, Joshua, this is no surprise to me. Joshua, I know exactly where you're at, and I know exactly how I plan this out. Now, Joshua, you and all these people get ready to cross into that Jordan River into the land because I'm about to take you into the real, real world, Joshua. See, they had lived sustained by God's grace as always. Forty years in that desert, and honestly, even in slavery, God was there with them and the difficulties and all his plan being worked out in his time and ways. Now they're entering the real world. Real, uh, real world. But God had a plan of how to handle that. Never believe that whatever you hear in church on a day like today, once you exit these doors, well, pastor, that's the real world. <laughs> this is wonderful talk. This is inspiration. But pastor, do you realize the situation I'm in? Pastor, do you realize the circumstances I'm in? Yeah, I live in the same real world. And I can tell you God is faithful. And I can tell you he always has been, always is, and always will be. And so you can trust him in that real world. And in fact, that's where he gets glorified more. Not that he doesn't in here in church as we preach, as we share, as the church is what it needs to be. But praise God that in that real world, he has a way of just uplifting Jesus as you and I trust him and follow him. So that's where I remind you in your personal life, in your church, just like God did with Joshua. Joshua, I know you're sitting there. Joshua, I know you're on this side of the Jordan. Joshua, I know you had dreams and desires and aspirations. Joshua, I know Moses is not around anymore. Joshua, I know change has happened. But Joshua, let it go. There's something ahead. <laughs> Joshua, my plan is still going to be worked out. And so for you and for me in this world of change, maybe like Joshua 40 years ago, if somebody had told you the way things were going to work out in life, you wouldn't have quite thought it that way. You wouldn't have quite planned it that way. Maybe it wasn't in your plans to be in Bradenton. I've got my friend Gustavo here today who I met a year ago as we talked. Gustavo comes from Venezuela. That's a country we need to pray for right now and it's people. 
and the suffering and the challenge. And there's a lot of Gustavos in Florida right now saying, God, we didn't plan to live in Florida five or 10 or 20 years ago, but God has a purpose <laughs> so that many can come to know Jesus. And God had a purpose in taking Joshua and taking the people into this land, which from God's perspective was a promised land, but it was a real world of great challenges. Now, Joshua, before you go out there and conquer the land, I've got to work inside of you a little bit. You've got to realize it's your turn. So in first place, realize it's my turn to live God's will. Realize it's my turn. Now then, you, Joshua, see whether it's in our life, our family, a church, or any other expression of faith. It's always easier to look at somebody else's faith and kind of analyze that. Those of us who are a bit analytical, it's kind of easier to do that. It's always harder to kind of turn the spotlight on ourselves and say, all right, what are you about to do, God? That gets a little uncomfortable. And that's what God is telling Joshua. Joshua, you, yes, I worked with Moses. Yes, you accompanied Moses. Yes, I'm about to work in the people. But Joshua, you can't get away from this. I'm still at work in your life. There's a reason you're here today. And I pray this message blesses your life, and I pray God just encourages you and challenges you. But don't think about who wasn't here today. Don't think about somebody else. If you can share the, the principles, praise God. That's part of your testimony. But can I remind you God's putting the spotlight on you and you and you and you and me. And he's reminding us that there's a journey ahead of faith. And he wants to accompany us. And more than accompany us and just kind of make it a smooth journey, he's already out ahead with promises but the greatest one is how he wants to work in our life. You know, when I was in college in Texas, a couple of friends who were really urbanites said, we're going to go camping. We're going to go hiking on spring break for a week. So we picked the place that really we just saw on a map, on a map Big Bend National Park. Let's go out there. We, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. Here's a bunch of college kids on spring break. And about three days into this, you know, yeah, we've got a little path. Things aren't working out quite the way we thought, but we're surviving. And here are vultures, vultures gathering around. I'm thinking, do they know something we don't know? All right. And they're following us for a couple days. And yes, the story did end well, because I am here. But, um, but, but, you know, vultures have a way of doing their God-designed thing. They just kind of hang around, and when something's dead, they pick at it. And part of that food chain, it's kind of like mosquitoes or anything else, why God designed them. I'm sure there's, you know, I studied biology in college. I can tell you about, about the kingdoms and the phylums. But, you know, it's, it's not my preference to, to, to look at a vulture, let alone when I'm out, I'm out in the desert. <laughs> I always ask, and usually in a lot of different settings when I'm internationally or with uh, ethnic crowds, do you know of a country that the vulture is its national bird? There is none. I mean, you can go for the eagle, you can go for anything else, but not the vulture. <laughs> but, you know, in that same desert, probably about the fourth day into it, every morning, we'd see these little birds kind of flying around. I couldn't tell what it was. Finally saw one just focused on it, and it was a hummingbird. And that hummingbird was doing its dance of flight. And that hummingbird was enjoying, enjoying whatever flowers it could find. And that hummingbird was bringing life and a little bit of hope and encouragement, at least to my heart, to not look at the vulture anymore. Same circumstances, same place, same dryness, but there's the fast, one of the fastest flying birds doing life in that desert. Now, you and I will face deserts. Joshua is facing a desert of life. To him, it was a Jordan River. To him, it was not knowing what's up ahead. To him, it was just a challenge. And I want to remind you that when you and I are there, God would tell us the same thing. Hey, Joshua, get up. Joshua, look at my promises and look at my person. Second of all, I've got to do my God-given part. God is a God of grace. We receive salvation by grace. That's all there is to it. I believe 
I confess my sin, and I'm saved. But faith also has actions it needs to take as part of the Christian life. Don't just be doers of the Word, or don't just be hearers of the Word, be doers of the Word. He who works his land, the Bible says, will have abundant food, Proverbs 12, 11. <laughs> so what are the lands God has given you? Joshua had his land, the people had their land, but what's the land God gives you to work? What's the land you need to kind of go out there personally in your emotions, your mind, your family, your home, church, whatever it is, this community, and there's an opportunity, you know, Traveling and uh, living in and out of traffic about twice a year. I enjoy going uh, out in Homestead, which is rural area. And uh, there's German Mennonites or German Baptists that have a farm out there, um, Nosberry Farm, and they'll, they'll, they'll plant strawberries and they'll, they'll make the best cinnamon rolls in the world. And so, you know, half of Miami goes out there, you do a three hour line to get a cinnamon roll, okay? But I've always thought, what if I inherited this land? What if I could sit out here on this porch and just enjoy the cinnamon rolls for, for a few months? And can you imagine inheriting a land like that and you just enjoy what's there and then you come back next year and you sit on that porch and you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, where are the strawberries? Wait, where, where, where's, the, where's the crop out there? Wait, where's the cinnamon rolls? Well, did somebody work the land in between? Somebody wake up at four in the morning and, and make those cinnamon rolls? Did somebody kind of work this thing so that you could enjoy it? And so God gave Joshua and his people a promised land. But here was the task before them. It was a task, yes, of inspiration and faith, but as Michelangelo would say, they just don't know that I lay on my back 16, 16 hours a day perspiring and working out of that inspiration. And so through it all, that's Joshua's challenge right now. And whether it's relationships, whether it's life, I encourage you today to develop, and I, I call it their win on the la in the lands God gives you. It can be overcoming, it can be winning, it can be just plotting the land, whatever it is. Let me give you three of them quickly here. Will you overcome and win on the inside? You know, I wish I could tell you the greatest battles are out there, things you can kind of overcome and work through. But I've, what I found in life is the greatest battles are right here on the inside. Right here in my mind, in my emotions, in my soul. And that's where, that's where God pointed at Joshua. Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Here's Joshua facing fear. Here's the man who had said along with Caleb, we're going to go overcome. There's giants in the lands, but we can beat them. And here's Joshua afraid. How do I know that? Three times in this first chapter, God's going to tell Joshua, Joshua, don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Kind of a complete number in the Bible. Three, Joshua, I want to do a work in you. Maybe nobody's really seen what's on the inside for 40 years, Joshua. But Joshua, it's time to heal you once and for all. <laughs> Joshua, it's time to work way deep down inside because I've got a plan for you. And yes, you've done wonderful things, Joshua, and yes, you've been prepared, and yes, you've been by Moses, but Joshua, I really want to work inside of you so that you're able to take it to the next stage of, in faith, following me and leaving a model of faith for the next generation. Can I remind you that God is a God who continues working faith miracles, and those faith miracles are in here. And sometimes those faith miracles, I wish I could tell you they come when I'm on vacation, when I'm on a cruise ship, when we're all relaxed and having fun. But usually those faith miracles require a faith situation, a circumstance that's beyond my control and yours. A moment where God kind of brings out what's on the inside. As C.S. Lewis would say, in the midst of challenges and frustrations and crises is where God seems to speak the loudest <laughs> in my own heart. I'm not sure what your circumstance is today, but can I tell you that God is faithful? Can I tell you that God is at work and his promises will never let us down? 
Hey, Joshua, Moses isn't around, but I will always be with you. If somebody has abandoned you or somebody's not around, there's a God who will never leave you nor forsake you. (laughs) Hey, Joshua, let me remind you, you heard Moses' words that I inspired, but those are my words, and those promises will be kept. (laughs) And so today, I want to remind you of that. I know it was in our own family many years ago with one of my children, Andres, eight years old migraines, headaches, as we, you know, working through that as an eight-year-old kid. And as we stepped out in the mission field, it was probably just uh, within a week that the doctor came back and said, you know, your, your son's got a brain cyst. You need, you need to go to a neurosurgeon. That, those weren't the words we were expecting as we were stepping out in faith and praying for what God was doing. But God was preparing our hearts and His for whatever God was doing in life. And so I remember just sequence of events. A lot of challenges with him and just with other situations as we stepped out on the mission field where God reminded us, Emmanuel, you need to let go. I'm in control of your life. So I want to remind you today, where is it you need to say, God, I trust you with, which, with that which maybe is nearest and dearest to my life? Can I tell you that boy who's 26 years old, yesterday walked across SMU in Texas, his, his master's degree in psychology, on his way to PhD, and God has been faithful throughout the whole time. God has worked. And he's serving God. That's the best part of it. And so we face, I'm not saying every situation always works out according to the way you and I want it. (laughs) We face plenty of others that haven't worked out in the way I prayed. But I've learned something in life. Thank God when he answers no to some of our prayers. If God told me yes, everything I ever prayed in life, I'd be in a heap of trouble. (laughs) God has been good and God has been faithful. And even when I don't like it, God has prepared my character and stretching to take me to one purpose. We are predestined once we come to Christ, and once we're in him, we're predestined to be shaped according to the image of Jesus Christ. (laughs) He is out to shape us to have the fruit of the Spirit, and that's what he is out. So today, wherever you're at, can you be reminded of God's word to Paul in Romans 8? I'm convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. And I'm not sure what that word, nothing, what it encompasses for you, but whatever it is, you can thank God today that nothing will separate you from his love. The second land or battle that Joshua had to overcome was winning the influence battles. Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. And this was a promised land, but there was immorality. There was pagan worship. They would sacrifice their kids to the gods. There was all sorts of things that had nothing to do Nothing to do with all that God wanted for them. And they had to prepare their hearts, they had to prepare their minds with the truth of God, knowing that once they reached the blessing, once they got out of the desert, the great challenge would be to maintain their faith and keep walking, trusting and obeying God. Pastor, I pastored for 16 years. Pastor, will you please ask God to just either heal or provide or give us this house or help us here and praise God when he did. Well, maybe a few years later, as I'd follow up on a wonderful, you know, church member, I haven't seen you in a while. How can we help you? What's going on? Oh, Pastor, I'm just too busy. Just too many things going on. (laughs) Pastor, just a lot, a lot happening in life, and yeah, I'll get around. I'll go around to it again. How is it that sometimes when things kind of ease, we forget how far God has brought us? (laughs) And it's not just about convenient creature comforts. I'm not talking about that. Praise God when he blesses us in many ways. But it's about saying, God, we're in this world, but we're not of the world. The reason we live in Florida is not just for the wonderful Florida paradise I mentioned earlier. The reason we live here is because there's 21 million people that need to know about Jesus. Thank you, FBC Bradenton, when last year some of your people came across my neighborhood leaving invitations to go to a church plant that was just starting. Because there's 150,000 people within a two-square-mile radius there that 95% of them 
do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And you're there on mission. Some of you were there, Pastor John and others. Thank you. And that, that's why we're here, so that as we go through life, Jesus can be exalted. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So wherever you're living today, whatever's going on in your life, whatever may be happening in different ways, will you be reminded today that God's truth never changes? Will you be reminded today that as you live life, part of what God's going to do is make that truth so real to you as you choose to follow him, that you will be a living testimony to others who are far from it. And the last land, Joshua on the inside, Joshua, prepare with your people those influence battles, but Joshua, make sure that you win and overcome spiritually by obeying my word. Now, Joshua, be strong, be courageous, but be careful to obey all the law. Don't let this book depart from your mouth, Joshua, because when you meditate on it, when you do what it says, then you'll be prosperous and successful. I think there's a lot more to prosperity than what's preached out there today. I don't think it has to do with a prosperity gospel as it's tatted. I think it has to do with living under God's blessing, under the truth of his word. And whether we're living in a wonderful time of abundance, or as Paul would say, whether I'm in need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in that situation, you can say God is faithful because you know his word, because you're trusting on his promises. So maybe today you just need to go back and say, God, these are the promises you've given me. Maybe you need to mark up that Bible and say, on a day like today, this is what you reminded me, and I'm going to hang on to that because you're hanging on to me. So will you move across? You know, in Florida, Florida is the lightning capital of the U.S. Over 50 people every year will get struck by lightning. And if we were to ask any of those people, didn't you know? Didn't you know that if you stay out on the beach or you stay somewhere, lightning could hit you? Well, sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes it's just accidents. But most people know. I just thought it was a little far away. I didn't think it was going to hit me. <laughs> and so sometimes we know, but it's time to act on what we know. Jesus, in the Great Commission, said, Now go and preach. Go share. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. And that's wonderful. Thank God for Sunday school discipleship, teaching of the word. We need the word. We need truth. But he also said, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And that really is matters of the heart. <laughs> God, where are you stretching me to obey? And I know God's always stretching me. And it's not about a legalistic obedience. It's about stepping out in faith saying, God, this is what your word says. I want to trust you. Now be glorified in this in different ways. And so will you obey wherever God's calling you? Will you obey as he challenges you? And this was where Joshua then got up, said, God's spoken to me. And last of all, he said, now prepare, we're going to cross in three days. And so in your life and mine, will you prepare our, our life? Will you prepare my life and help others to prepare? Will you choose to get up and say, God, you've spoken to my heart, and I'm willing to move as you go? And if I'm sitting there with Joshua, I'm saying, Joshua, you've been with us for a while. I'm so grateful. Joshua, You've seen God at work. Joshua, you've got a great heart and you've got a great mind. Now, Joshua, I want to believe you, but tell me, we've been 40 years going around this desert. Can you explain a little bit how in three days we're going to cross this river and go conquer? Joshua, can you help me understand that a little bit? And Joshua would eventually have a plan that God would give him. But right then at that moment, Joshua would say, Emmanuel, I don't know that part yet, but God's told me we need to get up and get ready because we're about to cross in three days. 
Manuel, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to cross. I'm not sure how we're going to overcome Jericho. I'm not sure how we're going to conquer some of those giants. But Emmanuel, I learned long ago that it's not on my strength and my power. <laughs> when I've tried that, I've been defeated. God has spoken once again, and I just want to follow him. In your life, in First Baptist Church of Bradenton, when God speaks, just follow. Prepare your heart on a day like today and say, Lord, here I am. And that's what the people did. Whatever you've commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. When my kids were much smaller. I remember going out to the circus, and I think Ringling Brothers is not around anymore. Well, maybe we'll see it in other places or other, other kind of acts. But I remember the trapeze artist. And after the circus, we could go down, and he'd talk to us a little bit. And uh, people were asking questions. Somebody asked, how do you know when exactly to let go, and, and how do you grab on to your partner over there that's swinging upside down? He said, no, no, you've got the perspective all wrong. <laughs> you've got it all wrong. I've got to climb. I've got to, you know, just make sure I hang on to my bar. And, uh, and at the right time, I've got to let go. You know, I, I love depths. I love the ocean. I love, I love diving. But I don't like much higher than this right here, you know? And if I'm him, my natural inclination is, all right, I'm going to grab onto this bar. All right, buddy, go ahead, grab my hand, and I'll let go. But it doesn't quite work that way. There is a big gap in between those two. And he said, not only do I have to let go when he gives me the call, not when I choose, when he gives me the call, I've got to just reach my arms out and trust he will grab me. Because if I try to grab him, our, our arms are going uh, to get all mixed up, and I'm going to fall. Maybe God is calling somebody here to let go, to trust him. When he gives the word, let go in his timing, in his way, and let him grab you. Let's pray today. I'm not sure where God is.